0: Shout with joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Make His praise glorious. Happy New Year from your friends at the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene. Thank you for taking time each week to listen to our sermon podcast. We pray that each message inspires you to draw closer to God. I want to share with you today from Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read the first 13 verses. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you. How the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ." In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant According to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. I pray, therefore, that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you. They are your glory. Earlier... um, about a week, maybe two ago, Jen uh, called me over and said, hey, uh, there's this movie we just, uh, I just saw is out that we can, we can watch. Uh, have you seen this before? It was an action movie. I said, no, I, I haven't seen that. She says, me neither. Uh, and she said, why don't you come and watch it with me? And we sat down and we started to watch that. And immediately, as soon as the, the, the movie began, and it's kind of setting the scene for the world in which this, all the action is about to take place, Jen and I start talking back and forth. I wonder if it's going to turn out this person's the bad guy. I wonder if, like, the movie hasn't even laid out yet, whether it's going to have a lot of twists and turns, whether it's going to be one of those movies, but immediately we're starting to talk about, I bet, I wonder, we're trying to guess at what's going to happen, right? You guys have done that before, I'm guessing by that laughter as well, right? We love those kinds of movies with the twists and the turns. It ends up like a good mystery, like, like, like a whodunit story, right? we one of those, we have to try to figure this out. And then along the way whenever something would develop that seemed to go with one of our theories we just look at each other and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like, like it, just, it just feels great like aha I'm in I know this they thought they were keeping it secret but I'm in on it Paul speaks in Ephesians chapter 3 of of mystery he's used that word again and again there is a sense of mystery that has been made known to me now usually when uh, 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 someone in the church or a leader in the church starts to talk about a mystery that's been revealed to them I always, like, when, when someone starts to say that, the hairs on the back of my neck start to stand up. I sort of go, wait, wait, what? Like, immediately when I hear someone talk about that, either there are, usually one of two things are happening. Either they're saying, I have spent so much time studying and I've discovered something no one else has discovered. And I'm going to tell you when you buy my book. Usually it's something like that. Or, or it's, there's a mystery that has been known to me, that's been revealed to me, that only I discovered through, a a, a series of very in-depth prayer that God has only told me and I'm going to share this with you. And then it takes this kind of like acknowledging them as some kind of special prophet before God, some kind of special uh, person. And then what happens is that you get this cult personality where people are not so much following after Jesus as they are following after this figure. And one of the good things about being in the Church of the Nazarene is if I ever go crazy and start doing something like that, you guys have a district superintendent you can call and be like, hold on, <laughs> Tim George has got, gone nuts here. But, uh, but Paul is not doing that When he says, there's a mystery that's been made known to me by revelation. Uh, As much as we have to be careful, what he says right off the bat about this mystery that's been revealed is he calls this the mystery of Christ. And right away he's saying, what I'm pointing to, what I want to make you aware of is who Jesus Christ is and what he is about. And Jesus, we're like, okay, we can talk about Jesus. We understand there's some unique things happening here. We just celebrated Christmas together last week. We know in Jesus Christ, God in the flesh has come and dwelled among us. We're like, okay, that's awesome. That is indeed mysterious in its own way. But what he says about this mystery... This mystery that has been revealed to him, and that revelation, that word revelation, is that in Jesus, that is how God has revealed himself. So he's not saying, hey, let me introduce something new to you. He's saying, we want to know who God is. It is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what the Christian faith is all about, is that how we get to know who God is, is by turning our eyes to Jesus. But he says, the mystery previously unknown and now known by the Spirit to all the holy apostles, to all the prophets, is this. Gentiles, people previously outside their faith, are fellow heirs. They are members of the same body. Sharers in the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. What he's saying is, this is the mystery. The mysteries that God's grace has gone out in ways that we never imagined or believed would happen before. This Sunday is the Sunday just before January 6th, which is a day in the, in, in the church calendar, which is known as Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany, a a word that means a revelation, an aha moment, a yes, it's been revealed, I know this. Uh, In the church, there's 12 days of Christmas. This is, of course, being the eighth day, which I mentioned earlier, and January 6th is coming up. But that Epiphany Sunday is or Epiphany Day is understood to be the day in which we recognize that God allowed people outside the faith from another country to have an aha moment that in their life to be like, okay, God has revealed himself in precisely the way in which I'm accustomed to looking for God and looking for the ways of God. And God reveals them and says, I want to point you to where I truly am. I want to point you to Jesus Christ. And so we heard in Matthew 2 of those wise men. Those wise men, this story, which always comes right after the Christmas story, so often gets conflated in our nativities together and our Christmas stories together with the wise men coming at the same time as the shepherds. But this story is a story that's all about God spoke to people who had no reason, no background, no feasible way of understanding that there was good news at hand, that God had come and dwelled among us in flesh, but yet... Through their backgrounds, through whatever, their own study methods, they were looking at the heavens and they said, You know what? We're going to follow this star. We feel like this star is is the way. We've kind of searched, we kind of thought, and we're going to follow this star. And God uses that to point them to Jesus Christ. And that's part of the mystery of this day, is that God will surprise us by the ways He wants to work in our life to help. Point us to Jesus Christ. When he says that uh, uh, this has been introduced to the Gentiles, he's saying that they get to be in the church. They get to be a part of this promise. It means that there's hope for people who think differently, who act differently, people who come from different backgrounds. And we find people today all around this world and in our communities who have all kinds of different faiths and different ways of trying to come to some kind of spirituality or some kind of way of figuring out who they are and how they relate to this world and the universe and each other. And so we have people who have just turned away from God completely, people who have turned to things like stones and horoscopes and their. And some people are like, hey, I'm going I'm to look here, or I'm going to look there. Some people, they're just living in conspiracy theories. You know, it's just whatever it is where we're finding something that helps kind of fig- help me figure out and navigate this world. And yet, this story in Matthew 2, and in this, in this story that Paul is sharing with the church is sometimes God surprises us and can use one of those Areas, one of those backgrounds, and point them to Jesus Christ. And our role as the church is to help people see that, we're, that God is indeed leading them to discover who He is in that babe that we just celebrated over this last week, in Jesus Christ. That God can sometimes surprise us, not in that He's found in whatever background or other faith or whatever was there, But that God might use it nonetheless to lead them to where Jesus Christ is. Paul says about this, he says, You know, I call myself a servant, the least of all saints. When he says, I'm a servant, it doesn't doesn't just mean perhaps in the way that we think, when we think service industry or something like that. You know, somebody who who does what they're supposed to because they get paid, and then they just wait for that 20%, you know, for you to press that button. Uh, (laughs) But no, a servant for him, in the old phrase, is like a slave. He says, I've given myself completely over to this gospel. And he says, in fact, I'm willing to call myself the least of all the saints. And he has good reason to do that. He he wasn't one of the disciples who followed Jesus. In fact, he was absolutely opposed to Jesus and absolutely opposed to Jesus' disciples, involved in persecuting them. Nonetheless, God met him where he was, mired in his Pharisaical Jewish beliefs. God met him there and he heard Jesus say, why are you persecuting me? And Paul comes to follow Jesus Christ. And so he starts to say, and this is his way of saying, he says, I'm a servant, least of all the saints. He's saying, I'm making myself less so that God can become more. That it's not about who I am, it's about who God is and how God will surprise us by how he might reveal himself to us. Uh, It was a couple weeks ago, Tim was telling me a story, and I'm going to share this with you. I I know I shared it with the board, but he he asked me a couple weeks ago, he said, Hey Tim, will you pray for me? He said, I'm I'm a part of an online group of Christians that gather together. And uh, we play games together, and uh, we talk about our faith together, and we have Bible studies together. It's an online group. And this Christian group uh, is Christian in uh, emphasis and in focus. But that word Christian is not a prerequisite. Because they had let in and were letting in people who were like, hey, I'm interested in something like this, but I'm not a Christian. Can I come in? And then he, he said, hey, would you pray for me? Because there's someone who's joined the chat, who's into all kinds of other methods of spirituality and just doesn't know yet and and they're here and they're they're asking questions and actually have have asked to talk more about Jesus and want to know about this Jesus and I remember Tim saying to me he says I don't know what I'm doing I just want to be faithful (laughs) and I said yeah I'm going to pray for you I'm going to pray for you and he came comes back and says he says me and another moderator there we talk with this person this person has come and accepted Christ as their Savior, and I'm like, praise God. Today, I, I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, and so he's like, that's great. She's doing well. She's found a church where she lives too as well. And I said, that is awesome. And I'm so thankful for that because Tim is saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to be faithful. And everyone else is like, hey, we don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to be faithful to the gospel that God has called that when opportunity arises, we might just say, hey, let me just tell you what Christ has done in my life and what he can do in yours. And that's it. And that's why Paul can say, hey, I'm the least of the saints, but we recognize that God's grace can surprise us. And if they had said, oh, no, you're not a Christian yet? This is a group just for Christians gathering together. That would have immediately excluded. And Paul is saying to the Ephesians, this is the mystery of grace, that we might be surprised where God is already at work in the lives of those around us. That we don't have to be anything; we don't have, but just be open to what God is already doing in their lives, and help help point to the Christ where God is revealed, and let's be surprised where God moves. And so He says, I mean, and I'll clarify a little bit more of what He says. He says in verse ten, He says, "You know what." We want this to be revealed. We want this to be made known to the rulers and the authorities and the heavenly places. That that seems interesting. What is this? This mystery, this understanding that that God's presence in Jesus Christ could be known to to even the, the rulers in the heavenly places. In Ephesus, in this city, the idea in Ephesus is they were... Uh, they were sitting and a time, and a place, they had all kinds of different faiths there. They had all kinds of different things going on. In fact, even in this book, you'll see Paul talking about the spirits of the air and things like that. Because in Eph- Ephesus, they had all kinds of beliefs about different forces at work and different spirits at work. And so part of the idea would be like, hey, we are all victims to the fates. Or we would just say fate today, but in, in, in old Greek religion, they actually personified it. They had figures that they called uh, the fates. But they all believe, hey, we're victims to the fates or the stars or the spirits that roam around. Everything is a cosmic inevitability. doesn't matter what you do. It's all going to happen a particular way based on whatever's in charge in this world. Modern ways of saying it might be, well, guess it wasn't in the cards Or if the stars align, or my horoscope says, if the heavens will it. The rulers and authorities in the heavenly places are all the things that the Gentiles, the Ephesians, are worried about, particularly all the people who didn't grow up in the faith. All the people who had no clue about God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Didn't have any understanding of liberation from slavery and God's redemption. Didn't have any understanding of a promise of a Messiah. They grew up in the faith of the Ephesians. Believing in things like stars and spirits and cosmic battles and all manner of things. And to this, Paul points to their beliefs and says, Through the church, the wisdom of God will be made known even to those things. The gospel is greater than and overcomes anything else given in authority. The primary message, the good news is that that is greater than any other news that one might get from whatever source is God wants to be with you, has a plan for you, and invites you into his promise. In your life, in your comings and your goings, in your hard times and in your good times, God wants to direct you to Jesus Christ. That we can invite God into those moments and areas of our life. That we can pray and lift those moments up to Him. And so Paul again turns his attention to, to his sufferings. In verse 10 and says, Don't lose heart. These aren't the will some kind of cosmic chance. These aren't the activities of spiritual warfare or some other cosmic necessity. No, he says about his suffering. He says this. He says, These are for your glory. These are so that you can see God has a plan and a purpose for you. They're so that, in Paul saying, I've become less so that God can become more. Paul again, so, I mean, what a perspective that is. Imagine if in our prayers we started praying. God, how can my life glorify you even though? God, how can my life glorify you even in the middle of this? When we start praying that way, it pushes out excuses of, well, I'm not good enough for what God has called me to. Because we we already knew that. (laughs) Because we're saying to God, here I am, uh, the mess that I am, here it is before you, but I want you to be glorified. We're just that clay vessel offered up to God that he would do what he wants When we start to kind of pray in that way, it kind of reminds us that there is no measuring up. There is no qualifying to get to God. It's always His grace in our lives, and it's always His grace available to the world. Yes, even for that one, whoever that is we might have in mind. Because we recognize how far God has taken us and how far He's willing to come for us. This indeed is the mystery of grace. This is the revelation through Jesus Christ, the epiphany of the gospel. Paul is correct to say that it was revealed to the holy apostles. It was revealed to Matthew, and he shared it with us by telling us the story of the three wise men. God reveals himself to outsiders who are just looking for the God who wants to be with us, even walk with us in life, the God who will lead us. Through tumultuous times, the God who loves us and says you can be a part of this family, and so this this faith, this promise, what we have celebrated through Christmas, as and what we celebrate and recognize, and that God reveals Himself to us, is that God is always inviting us to receive His saving grace, and is always inviting us to see that He might work in ways that will surprise us, and we can participate in that work by continuing to point to Jesus, the one who is God among us, to turn away from the other things that we might elevate as authority in our life and have our t- attention directed towards him. And so this day, this New Year's Day, I want to invite, I want to I say, this is this is the day where we say, okay, God, here I am before you. How am I going to see you at work? Help me to see what you are doing. But m- more than anything, Help me say, I want to stay close to Jesus. I want to stay close to where you have led me. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to do a whole series about kind of restoring faith, restoring indeed what what God has done in our life and staying close and growing in our faith. And we're going to spend some time uh, in the scriptures looking at how God continues restore and build us up. That we might go into this year saying, if nothing else, I just want to continue to be directed towards Jesus Christ and God willing be used by him to help direct others who God is still working with under the surface. Let's pray. Lord, today we come to you asking that you would make yourself so readily available and so real to us today and this year. Lord, may we know without a doubt that You are the God who continues to direct our path and that in leading us to Your Son, Jesus Christ, we are welcomed to receive radical, open grace. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that You would help us to see when people pursue other paths, that we can help point back to you, the Son, Jesus Christ, and be surprised at how you might use even something so so strange, weird, and so contrary to who you are, but yet guide us back to your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, surprise us by your miracles. Surprise us by your grace. Surprise us by how you are, are at work in ways that we can't even begin to imagine and heavenly father and it all help us to give ourselves before you to offer our lives as a gift lay it down before you it is after all what your son taught us to do thank you again to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. More sermons are available online at our website, capenazarene.org. Our website also includes instructions for subscribing to our podcast so you can have a message delivered to you weekly.